After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Deuce and mo, deuce and mo, they tell you what they know. Deuce and mo, deuce and mo, deuce and mo, the pocket that you know. Welcome into the Deuce and Mo podcast, recording this on a Monday night, and it is all over. Something I did not think I'd be saying, Morgan Reagan. What? What the is that? The Miami Heat are headed to the NBA Finals. Imagine uttering those words after they lost their first play-in game oh. against the Atlanta Hawks. They go to Boston in Game 7 and get it done, and they are back in the Finals, getting ready for a matchup with the Denver Nuggets. Are you kidding me? I, I love it. I really do. And I think there's a lot of people out there that are like, huh, one of the most iconic teams, the Boston Celtics aren't going to the finals, but no, two teams that play together are going to be in the finals. But there's moments that I get nervous for the heat and I'm like, the nuggets are just going to crush. I know we'll get to that. I know. Yeah, can we just celebrate so Miami for yeah. a second? No, let's celebrate Miami because, uh, you know, they're only the second eight seed in NBA history to make it to the NBA Finals. I mean, there's going to be so many stats to go down the line, but it's really cool seeing what this team had to do, had to fight through to get to the NBA Finals. This game seven, though, I, I mean, you think about going into the game, how cool crazy that atmosphere was in Boston it was loud it felt like 
Those fans thought oh. it was a wrap. It was over. They were coming back, doing something that no other team in NBA history mm-hmm. has ever done, and that's come back from 03. And what a gut punch it was when Jason Tatum, on that first drive of the game, first possession. lands awkwardly on that left foot, rolls the ankle, and that impacted the entire game tonight. It, it impacted everything. Everything. And it, it because you talk about that crowd – and how this one started and inside the NBA, they're all like, oh my God, it's so loud. Like, this is what I remember. This is what what makes me miss basketball. Oh, like playing on the floor and playing on a team so much. And that first possession deflated. Every, I mean, the crowd, um, the broadcast. It was like, you hoped that he could just shake it off. He just never looked the same. No, and I was surprised that Miami did not ta- attack him early. a lot early. They did later in the pick and rolls in this game. But Miami, I mean, what what more can you say? It's the other guy stepping up in such a big way. Jimmy Butler bounced back too, but Caleb Martin. Like, Caleb Martin averaged nine points a game in the regular season. Nine points a game. And here he is <laughs> in game seven. On the road, in a conference finals, hitting big shots, hitting timely shots, not just hitting open corner threes. Yeah, he did that too. He's rebounding. He's competing. He's hitting turnaround jumpers, dagger shots. Caleb Martin in this game seven finishes with 26 points, 10 rebounds, three assists. He's my Eastern Conference MVP, finals MVP. And it went to Jimmy Butler. Were you surprised that it went to Jimmy over K? I honestly think Caleb had a legit... Caleb Martin played better in more games yeah. than Jimmy Butler. And I feel like that's usually who is supposed to get the MVP award. Um, I think I think the the narrative or the vibe around Jimmy Butler being the leader, being the guy that rallies them back or or helps get them that 3-0 lead on the Boston Celtics, whatever. I think that's why he initially gets the vote because he is their guy. But it was, you're exactly right. It was Caleb Martin. How many times do we come on here after and talk about how, oh, if it wasn't for Caleb Martin's offense, didn't think we'd be saying that in an Easter conference finals. Like, it, it just incredible play by him. Um, the, the story around this team, the undrafted guys, what we saw them accomplish at this level. And it just, it, again, it shows you that anything from um, the G League and these guys, the way that they develop, the talent is there. You just sometimes have to give them a chance or the right situation. And it's it really is a belief. And usually that stuff, when I hear that, I think that's so cliche. And like, oh, you just got to believe and you can do it. Believe. That Miami Heat team believed. Yes. And yes. if anyone listened to Spolstra or Butler after game six, when all of a sudden a 3-0 series lead turns into a 3-3 series tied, and they lost in heartbreaking fashion when they had the lead on their home floor. They did not sound like a team who was rattled. And they just never seem rattled. I said it early in this series, Morgan, even if Miami loses games, it's not typically because, hey, they're not trying hard tonight. They're going to compete. They yeah. may not have it completely, yeah. but they're going to compete and have the mindset that we can do it. And Jimmy Butler having that type of belief based on his upbringing, that underdog mentality, 
just that grind mentality, the want, the thirst. You couple that with Spolstra. You couple that with all those guys who have had to take different paths to the NBA. And it's pretty special because these guys don't have these crazy-ass egos. They're all pretty much guys who understand that they've had to work and play the right way to get to this point. Yep. And then they're seeing the results by getting back to the NBA they, Finals again. They all, I, I mean, we, we talk about with so many teams that when, when we talk about their success, we, we call out the buy-in, right? Like everyone buying in, buying in to whatever the messaging is, whatever the culture is. And this squad really bought in all season long into that belief yeah. and into understanding the importance of team basketball and everyone trying to step up. And there was games that guys weren't stepping up. I think you can put Kyle Lowry on that list, but then tonight, what a great way to step up in a game seven. He didn't have to have the biggest game in the world, but he just had a solid game. His stat line, he finished with seven points, seven rebounds, five assists. Um, and he was one for two from three point land. And I mentioned that because the heat finished 50% on the night from three-point land. Well, that's a big story in the series. When you yep. look back at the series, the three-point shooting, which you thought would have favored Boston, completely favored Miami for the majority of this series. Boston, who is such a good three-point shooting team throughout the year, was 9 of 42 in this game. And the zone definitely impacted things, but Boston just has really bad habits. And the bad habits is they settle too much Great for way tough to put threes. It. Yes. It was crazy how excited I got watching on my couch seeing Horford hit a corner three off good ball movement, attacking the paint, getting the ball swinging around the perimeter, and creating a three instead of Marcus Smart taking a terribly contested three. Or Jalen Brown, who was really, really bad in this game. They, they just play a frustrating style of basketball. And Miami does a great job at making you pay for it. Well, and you you, you say it's frustrating. Be it's frustrating because it's inconsistent. Because you're exactly right. Those moments that you mentioned that you enjoy. Yeah. It's like they are capable of playing great team basketball when that ball is swinging around guys are making shots um but it's not even guys making shots it's everyone acting like a threat and Al Horford at times was just getting the ball make it a quick decision and the quick decision was always to pass out it was never to like take a jump stop square to the basket and look if he wants to be more impactful in the paint for his squad on the offensive end so there was too many of those moments and then you mentioned it with Jalen Brown I mean, did he finish with eight turnovers? We'll we'll confirm that, but I believe it was eight turnovers that Jalen Brown finished with. And I mentioned one of the last ones to you. It was like Bam was on him, and he started to go. He put the ball down, so it wasn't a travel, but you see his feet shuffle, right? But he's putting the ball down, and he's he, trying to go left. He's not doing it with a purpose. He's like, I don't know why I'm going this way. I think just because there's a gap and I'm going to try to attack it. It wasn't like he thought about, all right, go here. My guard's going to relocate there. Boom, I'm going to be threatened inside the paint. You know, Robert Williams isn't in. Boom, whatever. It wasn't that. It was like he was thinking too hard and then fumbled the ball and Caleb Martin ended up getting a steal on that. It wasn't pretty confident basketball from Jalen Brown. And when Jason Tatum wasn't in full health mode tonight yeah. 
you needed Jalen Brown to step up on a different level. And Jalen Brown did not. He finished with 19 points. He had eight rebounds, five assists, but he had eight turnovers in this game. Eight turnovers in this game. Brutal. And he was eight of 23, including one of nine from three. With You're right. With Tatum being a really, a, I'm not going to say a non-factor, but he's just not his typical threat. I mean, I, I give both Tatum so much credit for playing tonight. And of course, like you, you're going to want to play. It was the first play of the game. You mm. want to get out there and keep going. He plays 42 minutes on in, in this game. He had 14 points, 11 rebounds, four assists, five of 13 shooting. But you could just see it just wasn't the same Jason Tatum. He couldn't get to the basket. He had a couple of plays. But even when he'd go up for like a jam or lay it back up, he's coming down uh -huh. and he is favoring it. He was grimacing the entire time. And then defensively, they didn't really make him pay too much until later. I did but not understand that. Th this guy is on one leg right now. And... They needed other guys to step up. Derek White stepped up in the third when he had 13 points. I'm like, God, is this going to be a Derek White, Caleb Martin showdown in game seven of the conference Love finals? It. What the hell? But Marcus Smart tonight. Marcus Smart was 4 of 10, 1 of 6 from 3. Jalen Brown, we just talked about how inefficient he was. And then, you know, Tatum not being able to do his thing because he's hurt. That's a game seven loss on your home floor. Yeah. I mean, in, in real, and I want to talk more about Derek White as well, but just really quick going back to what you're kind of saying about Tatum, especially on that defensive end. And I said the, the Heat didn't figure it out fast enough. They didn't start just making sure that switch was going to be Tatum on Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler, attack, attack, or whoever they wanted, Caleb Martin, to attack. Make sure Jason Tatum was on you. He was the weak, the weak link out there, if you want to call it that. But the Celtics did do a good job at times in the third quarter recognizing that, and they made a quick adjustment. Yeah, they, they were pre-switching on that yes. to make sure that they couldn't isolate the, that matchup they wanted. Yeah. Sure. So, so again, it was uh, they. Then they started getting quicker with it when uh, the lead kept expanding, and it just didn't feel like the Celtics had anything left in the tank to leave out there on the floor and. Uh, yeah, just really starting that fourth quarter, it felt like the heat, it was their game. All right, let's dive a little deeper on Butler and Kayla Martin's games tonight. We need to look at them. I do want to acknowledge people watching us live on YouTube. Shout out for you guys being here tonight. Make sure to hit the thumbs up button. Make sure you're subscribed. We'll get to some of your chats in just a little bit too. Let's start with Kayla Martin, Morgan, because let's. This is not just a one-game thing. And it's one thing for a player to get hot for a game. We've seen players have big playoff games, and then they revert kind of to back where they were. For this series, the Miami Heat, obviously, they don't win this series without Caleb Martin. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. I don't think anyone would have predicted us saying that statement. You think it's going to be Bam, seven. or you think it's going to be Jimmy? Yeah. In this series... The guy averaged 19 points, 6.4 rebounds. He shot 60% from the field and just under 49% from three-point land wow. in this series, along with 87% from the free throw line. In this game seven, he played 45 minutes, 26 points, 10 rebounds. That's back-to-back double-doubles for him after having 21 and 15 in game six. What are you seeing with what he's been able to do? I mean... This guy's about to make a lot of money based on how he's played in this series. He's about to make a lot of money and um, smart time to step up. Dude, you know, really are you to, kidding? To get that <laughs> check. But um, I, I, I just, I don't know if it's because 
they're in this mode where Tyler Hero's out. Duncan Robinson obviously hasn't been playing up to his contract for a while now. Kyle Lowry kept getting worse and worse this season, if you want to call it that. And it probably just gave him more opportunities to have a bigger role. And he was probably capable the whole time. But when you're in this system, you're still going to evolve. You're still going to learn something new each day at practice from Eric Spolstra, from from your teammates, the vets, everyone else uh, that is surrounding you. And I think he's the type of player that understands what it takes to get to the next level and has had to fight so hard to get there that he's a student of the game and never wants to stop learning. And that's what has kept evolving his game and brought him to here, right here. And that's, that's something I think there was a piece in the athletic recently talking about how much he learned from the last series, the conference finals last year when they lost to Boston in seven games and how they defended him. They just weren't concerned about him. Yeah. And he wanted to add more to his game. I mean, it's not just he's knocking down his threes, which is obviously a big deal when he's knocking down the three. It's not the prettiest looking jumper all the time, but whatever. It's, I but mean, it's he's, gotten better. He's doing other things out there. He's putting the ball on That's the floor. It. That's he's it. having that turnaround jumper, and you're like, God, what am I watching right now? This Become, is not like some 22-year-old kid. He's 27 years old. Becoming a threat. I mean, becoming a serious threat. And 27 years old, I know... In, in sometimes in the basketball world, that's just getting older and older. But really, for a lot of people and their bodies and their maturity, it's their prime. It's but truly their I prime know, years. The guy averaged nine points a game in the regular season. I know. And so to in the conference finals, as the underdog in the series, average 19 a game. Dude, it, it's just such amazing. A, such a cool story. Those are the stories you love yep. in sports. Is it, and it, Look at the NBA finals. You have a whole bunch of great stories. Jokic, the second round pick. Talk about where Jimmy Butler was drafted. All the undrafted guys that we talk about all the time with Miami. It's going to be a fun series to, to see how it unfolds. Let's talk more about Jimmy Butler. Jimmy tonight was a completely different player. I felt like he came out more decisive. We talked about after game six when we went live after the game about, God, why is he hesitating? I know we closed well, but he was hesitating so much tonight. It was much more decisive. It, and it didn't matter if Robert Williams was on him on yeah. the perimeter. There's still some times where the, the length impacted him. For sure. But he was so much better in this game. So much better. And it, I felt like it took him a while to really get things going and notice what he could do when Robert Williams was on him. It When he would try to attack the baseline or get into the restricted area, it's like, you're not going to accomplish much there when Robert Williams is the guy that was switched on you. His length is going to be a problem. It's going to screw with your vision. It's going to screw, um, alter your shot, all the above. So then he started making these quicker decisions and, um, all right, get Robert Williams to go back on his heels. Boom, jump stop, get into my spot, hit some of these mid-range shots. And I love that he made that adjustment and he did it a little bit more with force. You and I were talking about some of these other games and it seemed very nonchalant or calm or whatever was going on with him that just didn't seem like he was being aggressive enough with the ball and getting into the paint or making those quick decisions much better job. And that's why he started scoring and creating for others. He finished with 28 points, seven rebounds, six assists, three steals, ended up winning the 
Eastern Conference Finals MVP. I, Why? I mean, you look at his final numbers, it's hard to dispute. Like, yeah. the guy still averaged 24.7, 7.6 rebounds, 6 assists. He also averaged 2.6 steals on 42% shooting and uh, just under 35% from three. So still great numbers. Obviously dipped down from how he was playing a bit, but I don't know, man. I just think, should just give it to Caleb Martin. I think it would have been a better story. I agree. I wonder what like pushed it over for. The, I mean, Caleb Martin was keeping them in games, even game six. They lost the game. He was keeping them in the game with I how know. he was playing. I know it's Deuce. I mean, yeah, it it can be a debate, but either way, you're you're obviously happy for either guy that's going to receive that award, and it could be up for debate, but. I'm fine with I it going it. to Jimmy Butler. From an emotional I standpoint. I can't really argue it. <laughs> Jimmy Butler, man. Yeah. Just what he means to a team. Uh. And I, I don't think we can oversell what we're witnessing right now in the NBA. Because it, it just shows you how much talent's in this league. Oh, yeah. I mean, on paper, the Celtics have all the players that you think, oh, they got this. Yep. They got this series. Miami... Plays a great style of ball. Well, they at least in, in the playoffs they have. I mean, I, in the regular season, it wasn't the case. They got outscored in the regular season. Like, it, it, they were not a good offensive team. But, man, do they just look locked in right now. They're knocking down threes. They're moving the ball. Jimmy playing his way. Caleb stepping up in a big way. Gabe Vincent having key moments in this one. And then they play good defensive zone which they have been consistently running more zone than any team in the league all year. Look, it worked against the Boston Celtics. It it gave them fits. You know, now it's going to be so different when they throw that zone at Jokic and the rest of the Nuggets because you shove uh, Jokic at the high post, give him the ball, sure. makes a quick decision, people move at such a different pace than what the Celtics were doing. Um but the other thing, too, that the Celtics did a really good job of in this series, when they went to zone, when the Heat went to zone, they would crash the boards differently. There a lot more bodies flying in there. Hi, Derek White with a game winner, game six, because he was flying in there. And it's hard for these Heat players to find a body and then go for the rebound. So, you know, it's, it's going to be, like we already know, a whole different type of matchup, a whole different game. But, um... But that was that was a really uh, that was a fun series. I was really happy with the way that uh, that series went. Yeah, I'm glad it went seven. I'm just I I think how it played out is one of the more shocking things. Just to see a team go up three zero that was the underdog, then the Celtics rattle off three straight in that dramatic game six, and you're thinking, oh well, good job, good effort, Miami. They'll play hard, but Boston's at home, and now they're clicking. But this is what we talk about with Miami. Like, can you really pick against them ever? You uh, know, like on paper, I mean, you, you could say you like Denver. And I think sure. I lean that way too. But yes. on paper, I liked Boston. Well, but I mean, on paper, it, here's, it was the Celtics series. Here's where I feel a little differently now going into this next series. Nine days of rest. <laughs> not so much rest. No, that's true. No, there, there's a lot. And we'll, let's get more to the NBA Finals in a few. Um, yeah, anyone else you want to break down with the Celtics? Boston, man. I, just as a whole, I, the we talked about the pain 
that Miami Heat fans must have felt after game six. Talk about the ultimate high of highs mm. Boston fans felt after winning game six in the fashion they did just a couple of days ago. Yeah. Coming into this game at home. We got the momentum. We got we got home court advantage. And it was there. I mentioned this to you. Can and I'm just I, I'm gonna say it. Crowd, great job staying in it. Your team's down 20. Yeah. And I understand. Oh, it's a it's a harsh world when you're not giving fans what they need and they the Celtics fans start booing, right? Like after another turnover, Jalen Brown turns it over with missed shot, whatever. And there's just something about that that I go, this is not an advantage at this point. Th these are the times like in the playoffs. I get it if it's a random game on a Tuesday night and you're just like, what is this? How are they down by 20 to the Charlotte Hornets or whatever it is? But right now it's the Eastern Conference Finals and your entire arena was not rallying behind you in some of those tough times. And again, I know so many people are going to come at me and be like, you got to give them something to root about. Sure, but that's also part of the advantage is to be like uplifting and be like, "Come on, you, I, you I, I'm more on that side. Give us something. To give us some momentum because, yeah, you're missing shots, but now you're not getting stops. I can live with some missed shots every once in a while, but go down and get some stops. And they could not get stops when they needed to. If it was a game three effort, like like we witnessed in that game by the by the Boston Celtics, where it was just uglier than hell and. Um, they looked dead, lost out there. I would understand. But it wasn't that effort. I mean, your best player on the floor, Jason Tatum, his ankle is all screwed up after the first possession. And other guys just didn't have what it takes to get you back in it. I don't think they gave up. Yeah, but if you're a Boston fan, I'm sorry. I get it. I get it. You, That's why I'm not going to argue. You've not just lost game, just a game seven at home. They lost... Three games at home in this series. I get it. They've been bad at home during this series. And I'm saying the, the whole playoffs. I'm just a nicer fan. And they had to witness Jalen Brown turn the ball over eight times. Yeah, boo him. That will help. Okay. They, and, that, and that's why they <laughs> lost tonight is because the fans were. Obviously, if, if we really break noise, down, if we break down what went wrong, it was right when the fans turned on them. And that's when everything went to shit kidding so where does boston go from here so many questions what do they do with their core who knows what's going to happen with missoula um we've talked about that a lot who knows what's going to happen with jalen brown does he still want to be there long term what's marcus smart's future al horford could be like dramatic changes for boston but from an individual standpoint like jalen brown like tonight this game's going to haunt you because of those turnovers and yep. this is not something new like people have been talking about his handling forever He's been a player who averages more turnovers and assists. That's not good. So he's got, if he wants to go to that next level, the championship level, that has to get better. Got to practice. There's no excuse. That, it has to get better. With that left hand all yeah. summer long. I mean, whatever it is that it's going to take. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, you, you had your heartbreaking loss in the finals last year. And what did you learn? What did you change as a team, as individuals? And now you're falling short, losing in the Eastern Conference Finals to the eighth seed, the Miami Heat. 
What are you going to change? Yeah, and, and there could be so much more dramatic change to this entire squad. But, Deuce, you know I feel good because I do feel like Joe Mazzulla's job is safe. You do? I do. Okay. I really do. Based on I'm losing a game, losing three games at home during the Eastern Conference Finals? I just think it's much safer than it was after game three. Okay. That's just, that's just my... I just think there's... A certain, obviously, we already know about the coaching fraternity, and Brad Stevens was a part of that, and he's part of hiring and firing, and he's the one that gave him an extension and probably believes in him and believes in his ability to get this team to rally back after being down 3-0 in this series to force a Game 7. I mean, what? Was it going to be off with his head unless he made it to the finals? For Celtics fans, probably. Weirdos. Come on now. it's it's wild that this is what we're talking about especially with how this this playoff started is now the miami heat are headed to the nba freaking finals tyler hero could be coming back in this series in the nba finals after being out for so long so that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out but Uh yeah um it's going to be a really tough offseason for Boston not to get back there. And for Miami, it's one of the more unbelievable stories in NBA history. I I, I was so surprised that when they made the finals in the bubble year, because Miami's not making it, there is not one ounce of me who believed Miami had any shot of having a long playoff run based on how they played in the regular season. Mm-hmm. And this is why it's so weird to even – it's so hard to figure it out. It's well, so hard to figure out how uh, this team – went to this level now when they had to fight and claw to get back in. You can tell me about heat culture and all that, but I can tell you Spolstra probably doesn't like the fact that they had to limp in to get into the playoffs. They had to like fight and claw just to get in. He would have liked a little easier of a path, you know, clinch a playoff spot. It's just wild that this is where we're at. And I think it's great. I think it's great too, because it shows that, Hey, you have a shot. If you get in the play-in, you never know what can happen. And this is what we saw this year is a play-in team who lost that first game. I love it. Find a way to get there. And we could pick apart, yeah, but Giannis got hurt in Middleton. And I've done that too. I've been guilty of it. Yeah. But like the reality is. That happens every year on every team. And it's just. Everyone's got shit this time of year. It's part of the league. It's part of the league. Whether you're um, just beat up a little bit and or it's something more serious. It's just. It's what happens. And the ability to stay healthy is a skill. It really is. And some people have worse bodies than others. I disagree with that. Oh, I totally... No. It's bad luck. Was Jason Tatum, was that That because of a lack of skill? No, that was bad luck. Okay. There's a lot... But there's definitely lots of cases where someone's not putting themselves in the best physical shape or they're not putting themselves... um, Making themselves as strong as they can be. Uh, I mean, that's truly why I feel like someone like Domas Sabonis can stay out on the floor after taking beating after beating, hit after hit, because he's put himself at that level. Yeah. And he, he's he's challenged himself and his body to go somewhere further than I'm sure a lot of people can go. So Tatum, of course, at the ankle. Brogdon did come back in this game for the game seven, but only play seven minutes. He just didn't have it. He couldn't play. I mean, he's hurt. Uh, of course, Miami playing without Tyler Hero. Gabe Vincent still playing with the ankle. Jimmy Butler was grimacing at times. It's that time of the year where you're just fighting through it and playing a physical series, going seven games. It is really, really tough. It's hard to get back. And that's the thing that it we... Is. 
have to acknowledge too it Boston after getting to the NBA finals last year especially after the turnaround they had you probably felt pretty good about oh if you're a Boston fan oh we're gonna get back there next year okay and you didn't yeah, it's mean, hard it's yeah. hard to get back it's really hard it's hard at all levels yeah. right and that's where like unless you establish something that I mean even then just accidents health it yep. all everything happens and it's like you just you never know so enjoy it while you can everybody dude so it's so fun to see a story like miami so fun i so now can we get into it then and and start talking about the finals and the nuggets and their days off i mean all of that to me i'm already ready for it i'm ready for uh I mean, how many days do we have until we only have, we only have like two days, three days, Thursday, third. What's today? Today's Sunday, number two, which means it's Monday yes. Memorial day. Happy yes. Memorial day. Um, let's see. So yeah, not a lot of days for the Miami heat to rest a lot of days for the Denver nuggets to rest. Yeah. They've been off nine days. Yeah. That's a lot. For That's sure. a but lot. It's also like it. I, I think as a coach, it's almost too much. You don't want to be off that long. It's just nine days is a long time not to play a basketball game. At this point in the season, after we were just talking about guys being all banged up and everything, there's 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 that going for them. I mean, I think there's a slight advantage, but it's also again you're not playing games. I agree. When guys I, miss I a week away, what you're saying. so I, you know, my, Michael Malone has talked about that they've been trying to keep the pace up at practices and. Look, it's, it's, they've also had to pay attention to figure out, all right, who the hell are we preparing for? You know, typically in the playoffs, you have a coach assigned to a, an opponent, you know, like when the Kings were in the playoffs, they were looking ahead. They had one coach assigned to start prepping for a potential series against the Grizzlies, another coach preparing for a potential series against the Lakers, getting all the information ready to go. So the good news is from a preparation standpoint, they're going to be ready. And Denver is going to be ready for the zone. I don't think it's going to mess with them the same way because they don't play a style like Boston. Boston just, they settle too much. You watch Denver, that ball is always moving. They're not going to have a trouble moving the ball around. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, you, you look at some of their guys, Long, Jokic, Michael Porter Jr. Um, I mean, Aaron Gordon, just a big body in there. You have guys that will be able to not only get stops in the paint, but also make an impact on the offensive end against that Heat's defense, you know, whether they do throw that zone, whether they go into that man. Um, yeah, I don't know how to feel about this matchup because I look at the Heat and I go, all right, you have to be physical as hell. Like, that's how you're going. You have to set the tone physically. How tired are you right now? They also don't have the size. And that. I mean, like, yeah, like the lane. Horford, like, yeah, I know Horford and Williams are big dudes, but let's let's talk about what Robert Williams is offensively. He's a lob threat on the roll. He can get something, you know, offensive rebounds, putbacks. Not a true offensive threat. Al Horford, good passer, but has just evolved into really a three-point shooter. Sure. That's all he does is shoot threes. If he gets it inside, he's usually kicking it out for three. Jokic, this is probably the best player on the planet. And Miami has Bam, Cody Zeller, Kevin Love. 
We didn't see Kevin Love tonight. We didn't see Cody Zeller in the in this game seven. They went super small there. Okay, we're just not playing those guys. They don't have the bodies to throw at Jokic. Bam's got to compete, and I, you know Bam did not have a good game seven offensively again. Back to back games where Bam just missing everything, not taking advantage of mismatches in the post you got Derek white on you i know Derek White's second team all defense but you're bigger you're stronger yes go get me a bucket don't settle for some turnaround fadeaway garbage you got to make your stuff inside you have to be a threat offensively and he wasn't that enough but defensively i thought he was really impactful against the celtics especially in this game seven it's just you're, you're dealing with something completely different Jokic is one of the toughest car, toughest guards. Not, I'm not calling him a guard. No, no one I know. One of the toughest exa- guys to guard in league history. The guy does it all. He does it all. And you can throw so many different things at him, and he can still make that quick decision when it comes to everything. I mean, even his timing defensively, when he seems slow and sluggish, there's times where guys are getting by him if you bring him out far enough, but then... <laughs> There's so many times that he's making an impact in the key because of his length, because he is so strong. His base is so strong. So, yeah, that's that's why when I, I think a lot of people look at this matchup, they're going, all right, it's not even – you don't even need to factor in the rest, right? You don't even need to factor in those things if you didn't want to. You're just looking at this from a basketball standpoint of these two playing on the court against – these two teams playing on the court against each other, and you're going – well, the Nuggets are the better team. They have the better roster. And right now, I mean, I guess both teams are technically healthy unless you look at Gabe Vincent and where he might be. Yeah, I mean, angle. guys are just banged up with Miami yeah. right now. Yeah, but... Well, um, And then if Tyler Hero comes back in this series, that'll be interesting to see how they kind of implement him after being away for so long. But yeah, I think Denver... Yeah, they've got the depth. I think they've got the chemistry. They've been together for a long time. At the same time, I just don't doubt Miami because they come prepared. They're not scared of the moment. You know, I don't think Jimmy Butler is fearing going to Denver. Jimmy Butler is going to be ready for Denver. Miami's going to compete. They're going to compete, and they'll make it interesting. I mean, Miami booked their flight to Denver before the game even started. So I know that was huge. That was such a stupid story. Thank you. I agree. (laughs) Wait, you mean Miami was planning a flight because they have to go there? Yeah, if they win, you want to be prepared and ready to go. And it was like, well, Boston didn't book a flight. Yeah, because Boston would have been hosting games one and two. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what are we doing here? That wasn't like uh, Miami loved, being cocky or anything. I but. loved how they tried making it dramatic online. I was like, ooh, drama. That's not really drama. But um, but yeah, so so no, I'm I'm excited for it all. You know, I saw a tweet that said last inside the NBA of the season. That part always makes me sad. Oh, I hate that. That's my least favorite thing is I, I don't understand how the best show that the NBA has just disappears after the conference finals like they, they should be a part of the finals in a larger way i say it every year and it's like come on i just they're entertaining i want to see those guys yeah and they're so happy though every single time that they're done because they do work hard yeah. and they are there a lot um I, i'm just looking at miami's pieces and it is really tough to see how they win the series against right? denver but it's bam's gotta be a monster and Bam's got to make Jokic guard him. Bam's got to attack Jokic. And Jokic has been a lot better defensively. But that that that's the only, like, to me, the one way you can get 
a series is if they're attacking Jokic and get him in foul trouble. And Bam has the athleticism. He has the offensive skill. I think that he can do it. He's just been really bad the last couple of games. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, there there's so many times that I don't. There's so many times that I am like, oh, Bam. Something so special about his game, right? Because of his size. Yeah. But he's so athletic. He, he can, can move. Pass. He can pass. He can get some big rebounds. And then there's other times in, in some of these big moments and in some of these big games that we've seen that he's just not stepping up for a team, a roster that needs that second guy. I mean, they need, sure, if they work well as a team and other guys are making their shots and everyone's moving the ball around and no one has an ego, they can get by. Their, their undrafted guys step up off the bench, whatever it is. But you should want... You should be able to rely on Bam Adebayo, and that's not what the Heat are able to do, especially in this postseason. I want to pull up his numbers, um, and I keep clicking Google Maps for some reason. I want to pull up his numbers in the series. <laughs> God, <laughs> dude, it's so annoying. Uh, for oh, for the series? Yeah, the conference okay. finals. Okay. So Bam in the conference finals, 15 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists, uh, 48% shooting. It just, he had the four of 16 game and he had a couple of games where he didn't like moments, take a lot of shots, but seven of 17 in game two. Yeah. They just needed more out of him. And I, but you know what? The others have stepped up. I just don't know if I'm trusting that. Like, is Kay, is this who Kayla Martin is now? Like I, is Caleb Martin going to average 20 a game? They may not need that. If Bam can step a little bit, if Caleb dips down to, being more of a guy that gives you a 14, but he's playing well and being efficient, that's okay. They just need more from Bam if they're going to have a, a shot in this series. Mm-hmm. Freaking Boston, dude. I know. Freaking Boston. And it's it, it it's just so weird to like, oh, it went seven games. How awesome. But, man, losing the first three? Oh. I, all this they did, all they them. did, was make it this dramatic setup to be like, yeah. "Yeah, we got it in us to rally back and win three and force a game seven. Uh, here's a question: Who are you rooting for in the NBA Finals? Um, I, I uh, well, yeah, see? you know what's funny? I was gonna say, I was gonna say all oh, the Denver Nuggets, even though it's like, screw any Western Conference team. Um, love Michael Malone. I love how Jokic plays. Um, there's other pieces on the Nuggets that I also just enjoy. I enjoy their style. But then I go to the Heat. I love Jimmy. Gabe Vincent. Oh, my Gabe God. Vincent? Spolstra. How do you not like Spo? I always like Spo. I, al- I mean, yeah. So it's, for me, it's just, I just want good, solid basketball. That is what I'll root for. Yeah, I'm the same way because I, I like the pieces on both these teams are just so many players. I'm like, I respect, I respect how you play because you guys play team basketball. You make the extra pass. You play hard. There's no bullies. Like, yeah, you just like everyone plays pretty, pretty damn right. You know? Yeah. I like that. I appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Let's see what the chat thinks about this series coming up. Who will win the NBA finals? 72% of people who have voted say the Denver nuggets. Okay. I think that's going to be a lot of people. 
Uh, Ian says, I'll be curious to see how Denver comes out game one after all this time off. Sometimes those teams are rusty after that layoff. If the Nuggets are still sharp in game one, though, sorry, Miami. Yeah, game one will be interesting. Dabbing Taco, Nuggets have the better team and player, but Miami is Spolstra and the dogs. This will be a great series. Denver's got some dogs, too. Uh, Steven says, you know the series is over when Pat Riley comes down from his luxury box. Yeah, dude. <laughs> when I saw him making the, the his way down, I'm like, oh, this is this is like a red with the victory cigar in Boston back in the day. Aww. Damn. Uh, Lena says, I love the Heat coach and I love Jimmy. Okay, okay. Uh, Desire says, I'm rooting for the Heat because they are the underdogs. Yeah, that's fair. Underdog. Good underdog story. Good underdog story. It's a great oh, story. It's going to be a lot of fun. Can't wait for it coming up on Thursday. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Can we get to some other NBA news and some Kings news? Please. There's so much going on. Sasha Vazenkov back in the news. Is he coming to Sacramento? Uh, There was a piece that Real GM put out via Basket News where he was asked about Sacramento yet again. Uh, He says, I'm only thinking about how to become the champions of Greece and what will be the right decision for me at this moment. Nobody knows what will happen in a few years, so I will decide how to continue when the time comes. I feel very good when specialists and coaches say nice words about me, but I know it's a business, and it's all about how, what, and when. When we agreed that it would be fairest to finish a EuroLeague season and then talk, we'll see uh, if they have a specific offer, talking about the Kings, I'm ready for a new challenge. But as I've said before, Athens, Olympiacos are my home and I feel great. For me, the most important thing is what's best for my future. Is he trying to make that He's, be, he's playing coy. He's playing coy. He's coming, right? 
What I don't get what like what the specific offer has to be. I don't know. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I don't understand how all of that works. So um I would hope that he's coming and I completely under you you pretty much you I love that this is how I put it. You pretty much achieved everything that you needed to do in your league, except can win the championship. Win the championship. But you're right there. Right there, you know? But yeah. I, I, I just look if he doesn't come over this year, he's not coming over. When is he coming over? You're gonna, come, you're gonna wait another be? year? Yeah. I mean, you're gonna wait till you're thir- in your thirties to come to the NBA for the first time? Right. I, mean, I guess you could. It's happened before. But the Kings will have to like move on at some point and be like, okay, well, if he's not coming over, he's not coming over. I, I, I don't there's to me, I don't know what else they can do to convince him about fit. Maybe for him, it's just a bigger decision. It's not just financial. It's it's role. It's moving to the United States. I got to move to the California. Like, it's not an easy decision by any means, but the Kings have sent literally everyone. In fact, I think we're actually headed over there next. They're sending us next. <laughs> we will be going. I mean, that's, that's where we're at in this. It's like, all right, got to send Deuce and Mo. Can he... Deuce, can you bring the fog machine with you? Fog machine. I heard he likes coffee. We have some of the best coffee around Sacramento, so we're just going to bring a whole bunch of beans. Light up jacket. Do you still have the light up jacket Good. by chance? Can we bring all that shit? Because we may need it. A signed Chris Weber jersey. You know, yeah. what? whatever he needs. Yeah. Again, whenever we talk about him like this too, I think some people I've had message me go like, man, you're getting me excited for Sasha. You're really hyping him up. And it's no, 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 no. You look where this league is going and how valuable having a three-point shooter is in this league. He's a shooter, and he's right there. And we just saw him achieve so much in the EuroLeague and how his game translates. I think it's going to do great considering that he's a very smart, high-IQ player, um, uh, not selfish. All the things that you want, all the qualities you want in a player, and especially in the system that the Sacramento Kings have right now. So that's what gets me excited. It's not just thinking like, yeah, he's going to shoot lights out like Steph Curry. It's no, just adding one more threat to this roster, improving this roster in the offseason. Yeah, I don't think the, the fit is a doubt at all. But for him, if he comes over here, and he's playing like 15 minutes a night. I'm sure that's going to irritate him. Yeah, yeah. You know, he wants to have a role on this team. Yeah. Also, you have to earn it, right? Like, you can't, you're just not going to be handed a role. Like, right. They can't promise him a role but that he hasn't earned. If he plays to his potential, he could be a very solid player for the Sacramento Kings. I'm with Morgan. I'm not sitting here going, hey, this guy's going to change the landscape of Sacramento. <laughs> They're now a championship team because of him. But when you can add someone who's got that size, the shooting, the off-ball movement, yep, good size, a little toughness about him. I I think he would be a very positive addition to the Kings. But I wish I, I like I wish I knew when he had to decide. I wish I knew um, what it is that he's looking for. I want to know all these things. These are all the details. I am just very curious, and I hope that someone gets the inside scoop and just keeps putting it out there. And the Kings could be losing a very important piece. Ugh. Jordy Fernandez still in the news. This from Mark Stein yesterday via his Substack. You should subscribe. I do. He says, a name to watch in Toronto's slower moving than most coaching search, says one league source, is Sacramento Kings associate head coach Jordy Fernandez. 
So he is also a candidate for the Phoenix Suns job. We talked about this on the last podcast a bit about him just being a candidate, but you're seeing more and more people start bringing Jordy's name up with the Raptors. I feel like this one makes a lot of sense. It could be a team kind of headed in a different direction. And Jordy, I think, can coach a veteran team, Mm -hmm. but I think he could develop a younger team. And if that's the path Toronto chooses, why not bring a guy that just gets it? High IQ, organized, can communicate. He's developed guys in the G League. He was just the associate head coach, literally Mike Brown's right-hand guy in Sacramento. Oh, go back to Denver where he spent six seasons with Michael Malone. It seems like a no-brainer. And the Raptors are in an interesting spot right now, right? Siakam's headed into the final year of his contract. Van Vliet and Gary Trent Jr. have player options. Hurdle's a free agent. So where are they going? Are they more focused on Scotty Barnes? I, I don't know. Masai is a tough guy to figure out. I feel like Jordy is a no-brainer. I, I'm I'm totally with you on that. And I hope if if that is the case, and then he has the option to be like, yeah, let's confirm I want to be the head coach of the Toronto Raptors, that it is the right choice for him in his first head coaching job in the NBA. And I mentioned this last time. It's it's most I say that mostly because I like him and I really just want good things to happen to good people. And you see the way that he is so good at connecting with so many people. Every single Kings game, I mean, there's just somebody on the opponent's team that he knows, coaches, players, people, just people, whole bunch of people. And you can see that he's just about genuine connections and relationships. And I think that really goes far in this day and age in the NBA. Um, when you see so many star players that have their issues with their coach, and then it can, it can really make things head in a different direction. That's not going to happen in this organization with Masai there. And you still have to realize though, this is a cutthroat ruthless business and Nick nurse who sure didn't have the best year ever. I still believe is a good coach and obviously so do the Sixers, but I still believe is a good coach, but sometimes they're just going to cut it, go in a different direction. Let's move on. And I hope he is just ready for that. If he doesn't get things going right away too. He's 40 years old, young coach, but a ton of experience. Yep. If the Kings end up losing him, it's a big loss. And I'm curious kind of to see where Mike Brown pivots. If they go and try to find an experienced guy out there, you know, I, Monty Williams, would he have any desire to be an associate head coach for a year until that next job opens up? I'm not sure. I, I know the Kings really like Luke Laux, too, especially the work he has done with De'Aaron Fox. Yeah. So I think he's going to be an important part of the coaching staff for sure. Um, but, yeah, it's gonna Jordy would be a big loss. There's no denying it. And so that's going to be a pretty big void to fill. And it, that, that's what happens when you have success is they start coming for your guys and – Jordy is a talented guy. Whoever gets him is going to be really lucky. Selfishly, I hope he stays in Sacramento another year. But It doesn't feel like it, though, huh? I don't. I don't. Yeah. Mm. Uh, another thing that came out today, James Ham over at Kings Beat, and of course at ESPN 1320, uh, had this to say, continue to hear rumors that San Antonio Spurs and the Charlotte Hornets are being added to the California Classic in Sacramento in early July. Nothing confirmed, but could get interesting with Spurs and Hornets owning picks number one and number two. 
So one, yeah, California Classic back in Sacramento this year is awesome. And if they do end up adding a couple of teams, which has been the rumor floating around, Spurs and Hornets? Who's getting who? Who's getting Wemby? Gee, I wonder. Yeah, um, there's exactly. No, there's no way Victor's playing in the California Classic, but yeah. that would be epic. Give him, just like, you know, let him play. Like I just second. like that they're expanding it. I do too. So you would have Any, yeah. the Spurs, mm-hmm. the Hornets, the Kings, the Warriors, and the Lakers? Am I missing anyone? Is it the Heat that come over here? And the Heat. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't say the Heat. So six. Yeah. It's great. See, we're basketball nerds. I love Summer League. We'll be in Vegas. But the fact that we get a little appetizer in Uh Sacramento. Mm. They they did this one in... uh... San Francisco last year, right? Chase yes. Center? Yeah, yeah. No yeah. one noticed. Mistake. No exactly. Nobody cared because this is a basketball town and this is where it should be done anyway. Super excited. Um, mostly just like you said, because you do get to see these young players and some of yeah. the losing teams or the lottery teams that are going to have high draft picks. Bam Adebayo played in a California classic, running point guard. Yeah. I mean, you get to see you get to see these things go down right here. Super excited. Um about that uh, around the nba morgan was talking about nick nurse well he got hired by the sixers today to be their next head coach i cannot wait to see how the hell this transpires because he and Embiid have had back and forth over the years yeah Ron, he's a very demanding coach he expects a lot from his players he's organized he's a micromanager like he is heavily involved i think he's probably the type of coach they need but will it be embraced by Embiid? Is it something that attracts James Harden to return? Do you want James Harden to return there? It just feels like a weird situation. There's a lot of pressure on Nick Nurse to be the guy to get them a championship. Well, and as you know, there's a large appetite around the league to pay <laughs> James Harden up to $200 million uh, deal um, because he's still so, so good. But I don't think that's going to be the Sixers. So let's just say it wasn't James Harden that they were dealing with. Let's just say it was Joel Embiid. And um, you talk about the back and forth and what Nick Nurse would expect out of him and um, some of the younger guys. You'd hope it would just make them better. I I mean, that's obviously the direction they're going. But I'm also curious. Daryl Morey obviously had a lot to do with this as well. And if do you think there's a part of him that just didn't care about James Harden's opinion? And is like, he's one foot out the door, you know? Cause I feel like that's what we usually hear in these, with these big stars, their opinions. Oh, they really like so-and-so. So, you know, it was an easy match. I mean, they still probably ran it by him or do you? Yeah. I mean, the guy's gonna be, he's going to be a free agent. I don't know. Okay. Okay. I'm, they're in a tough situation because. I think anyone watching Harding, you go, there's no way you pay this guy a shit ton of money. He's there's got no these way. glimpses, but you just, you, you're giving him four years? You're going to pay him $200 million? There's just no way you can do that. But if you're the Sixers, can you afford to just let him walk for free? And then you, it's not like you have a ton of money to go out there and spend to like go attract or do you just count on internal improvement? Tyrese Maxey's an expanded role. He could be that legit number two. And Bede's going to s- stay as healthy as he can. And we're going to figure this out. Like, I just don't know how you tinker with it. Like, what's the move? Yeah. Well, Nick Nurse got hired quick. So, obviously, people like him. Teams have interest in what he's capable of doing as a coach. And, Deuce, I asked you this question when we were watching this game. And I was like, do you think Doc Rivers is going to be a coach? 
this year somewhere? He's a candidate for the Suns job. I, do you think he's going <sighs> to get the job? You know what I mean? I, there's, I don't. I okay. don't. I think, I think Doc may be done. Whoa. You think done, done? I mean, maybe he's got one more left in him. Okay. He's been coaching a long time. I don't know. Maybe I'm missing something here, but it, he he's done TV in the past. People may forget, but he was pretty solid on TV. He can go get a TV job right now, too, and make a lot of money without the stress. And maybe that's the play. Go do some TV. Yeah, that's what and, I would do. And, and wait for that perfect job. I don't know. Uh, I mean, he's... How old is Doc Rivers now? It's not like he's a—he's not like Popovich. He's not like seventy-four. I feel like he's still young. He's sixty-one. Yeah, he's been a head coach. He started coaching in nineteen ninety-nine. Wow. Orlando, Boston, the Clippers, and now with the Sixers. God, and it's like I—I always, I always there's a part of me that always stood up for him when everyone tried to create this narrative like you have all these stars, you can't get over the hump. It's all your fault. It's all your fault. And I was just like. No, like you can't just blame the coach. I it just kept happening yeah, with but him I, I, I in do, players. Sure, but it's also it's more complicated. Than Obviously, that. it Chris, is. It's not. Could Chris just, Paul ever stay healthy for him? Exactly. Blake, like they no, had, no, no. I'm not acting like there's not other things, but I'm just saying down the line, it just kept going. Even when it came to the Sixers and the way that. They finished up things. And then you, you can blame the Ben Simmons era. Like, you can blame Joel Embiid not being completely healthy throughout his time coaching um, the Sixers. But, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure that's still his reputation right now more than ever. The other thing that could come out tomorrow. So, Bob Myers was supposed to have his press conference last week. His, like, end-of-season press conference with the local media. And they kept pushing it back. They're like, okay, is he pushing it back because he's trying to figure out what the hell he wants to do? Is he going to return to Golden State? Is he going to take a year off, rejuvenate? I don't know, get back in the thing? Yeah. I don't know. Well, apparently he's having his press conference tomorrow. So that's a big day. It's a big day for the Warriors to I see know. what happens with Bob Myers. And if Bob's out, it means Mike Dunleavy Jr. is likely taking over, which it's so funny because most Warriors fans didn't like Dunleavy. He ended up being a draft pick of theirs. Did not really work out for him in Golden State. They moved on from him in a huge deal with the Pacers that kind of turned them around, made them the We Believe Warriors that year. But it's just interesting. He's going to end up being the guy if, if Bob Myers elects to step down. And Bob just has been doing a long time. Lakeup's a pretty demanding guy. Yeah. Needs a little bit of a break. Yeah. No, and I know you say that like fans didn't even like him or whatever. Now, obviously, it's like they don't give a damn what for that position what fans think of him, you know. But what are the Warriors supposed to do? They've offered him all the money. It's not a. I don't think it's a money thing with Bob. I think it's like, do, do I want to do this? Do I do I want to keep doing? Like this is kind of the end here. I've 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 won championships. I've gone from being an agent, working my way up to run a championship team. I'm ready to take a breather. Let mm. me go travel. Let me go do my podcast. Do your podcast. Hang out. Podcasting's great. And then, great. hey, what kind of corporate jobs am I being offered? Oh, other sports. There's all these rumors about he could get probably any NBA executive job he wanted. There'd yeah. be someone after him. For sure. And then there's other leagues young. apparently that are looking at him. He's mm -hmm. still young. He's got a ton of experience. Great resume. Great connections in the <laughs> yeah. league. Like, he's going to uh, be fine. But it, it is kind of... a 
the end of an era if he does step down. And then, you know, Kerr is going into the final year of his deal. It's crazy. Oh, it's crazy shit. I'm And I'm so excited for that to finally kind of be done over there. Can I, can I be honest with yeah. you? I feel like we've been really serious on this podcast today. I knew you were going to say that. How do you know I was going to say that? Because I could tell by the way that you're going with each topic that you were more just like, hey, like, like just like going, going to it. Whereas like, I got, I got five Nick Nurse jokes right now. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You don't have one Nick Nurse joke. No, I don't. I, no, I just, I just feel like it's been super serious. I mean, what, what part of it could you have like? made <laughs> ian you're a nerd what do you say i'm digging this serious vibe to be honest <laughs> gavano says where's the joke Mike?" the joke mic is right here and it is the handheld mic has evolved into the mic i usually use for when we do post-game interview or post-game um podcasts. breakdowns podcasts or whatever it's just fun to hold a mic sometimes he was like it puts me in a different mood i'm like okay then hold the mic i don't I'm know here. i just I, I i just feel like it, it this is a very like if I was turning us on for the first time, I'd be like, these guys are really serious about basketball. Like, there's not a lot of laughing. Like, there's lo- not a lot loosen of- up, losers. Yeah. I mean, I, you guys, give me a hell yeah if you agree. I think I was pretty funny. I think I'm a pretty funny person. Give me a hell yeah wait, if you agree. Just what, what? Hey, give me a hell yeah if you agree. Give me a hell yeah. Please tell me Keep- when you have been funny tonight. What's the one joke you made? We'll definitely have to go back when we um, timestamp this, but... Please, when you do timestamp it, timestamp Morgan joke, Morgan joke. You didn't have any jokes tonight. There's at least three. Okay, definitely not getting any hell yeahs. Where are my (laughs) hell yeahs? There we go. (laughs) Oh, my God. Mo is always funny. Okay, I asked for a hell yeah, Stephen, not a compliment. God damn it. Uh, Tina <laughs> says it's been a good dis- it's been a good discussion. Yeah, it has been. Oh my you know, god. just it's it's weird when the vibes are different, you know? Deuce hates when I don't know, like, but that's the thing. Even you and I, like, when we're shooting the shit, talking basketball. It's not like we're always just like th- throwing one-liners in there to, Look, <laughs> to break I'm, something down. I'm not going to say we were we were not like game three Boston bad, in my opinion. We're Oh, got it. What would I compare us to? Like, why do you have to put us down? You know, probably game four Kings Warriors when Barnes missed the three. Because like the Kings are in it, but they just like... Like, it was a good game. It was fine. Like, we're fine. But this is not totally... We're not playing our games right now. Why don't you rewind rewind time and hit that game winner then? I can't. Like, give me something good right now. I I can't. Make make a joke. Make a joke and and end on a home run. The one... The only thing I could think of at one point (laughs) during the game, though, was Logan Roy watching the Celtics. You are not serious people. There you go. I can't do a Logan no. Roy. You are not serious. I can just do his one. Fuck off. Deuce, <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, even Tina. Deuce, you're a dork. This has been great. You just like, you get in your own head and it's like, ugh, get out. No, you just, I just know when there's a good flow. Just, the ball's moving around and. There wasn't a bad I just flow. Need, you know, I like a little zingers every once in a while. A little funny, a little funny in there, a little serious. We like to pepper you Can with we be honest? Things. Some of your zingers, really corny and stupid. 
like your jokes, your dad jokes. I mean, they are, we all, we all, we've all talked about this. I mean, they are, but we, we appreciate, we appreciate. Mm. And you. this is when the time where Morgan starts cutting me down just because I was like, hey, I, I don't, th- I wasn't pointing fingers like she was bad tonight or. No, and I yeah. was just saying, but we appreciate your corny jokes and your corniness, but those were missing tonight. Ian says, Deuce being the Jimmy Butler of humor in his game six mode right now, getting in your head too much, too much hesitation. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's funny. Jimmy Butler of humor. You better? That's really funny. You better? No. Okay. Oh, Jesus. Oh, my God. Lazy. Who's Logan Roy? I okay. Hold on. Actually, I'm glad you mentioned that because I saw our guy Cameron Salerno. Salerno. What do you what do you do? He tweeted something out last night. And, and let me just go back with this. Tweet. Okay. He does tweet a lot. Oh, <laughs> <This> is, <laughs> he says, I've never seen succession, but that's my whole timeline right now. Worth starting. Yes. The. I feel like if you have not heard of succession, you just got to get out more. Like it's one thing. Hey, I haven't watched it. I'm not going to hate on you for not totally watching. Fine. I'm not that person. No. I get, I'm late to the party. You haven't watched game of Thrones. You don't watch a lot yeah, of movies. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah. like, we've all heard of those. Things. That's it. You we've, know, we've heard of those. things. Yes. Yes. Where have you been? And you know what? Some people just really aren't uh, that into pop culture, I guess though, too. You have to think like people have their, their hobbies. Some just not <laughs> even going online. And Tina, you've never heard of it? See? Oh. See? Oh, no. She said, I've never seen it. Okay. My yeah. Mind. That's fine. No, that's, that's fair. That's fair. I'm not. Um, And I love that. Someone says, Vanderpump rules, though. Yes, please. Uh, you should all know what's going down with Vanderpump rules. And there's. Uh, part two of the reunion on a Wednesday when it's the off season and there's like, and it's, we get to the conference finals and then we get to the finals. There's those spaces, those nights where I kind of miss basketball, but I'm also like, Oh, I get to actually watch a show. I get to consume some other piece of art form and like, this is fun. But then I miss basketball once it's done. Definitely miss basketball once it's done, but you're right. Like, just in the playoffs, I'm sorry, and this is who I am. I'm watching almost every game of the playoffs. It's rare if I'm skipping a game. Yeah. Now, when there's two at the same time, I'm picking one, right? But during this time where it's spaced out, just taking a second to be like, I want to watch a shitty TV show. Yeah. I want to watch a great movie. I want to... I watched I watched a movie. I watched Dungeons and Dragons. Amen. That was a great movie. Amen. Great job. I'm really yeah. I went to a movie yesterday. We, we saw the machine with Burke Kreischer. You're, just, you're killing life, dude. You're killing it. <laughs> uh shout out Dougie Slots, who just donated five bucks. Hey Ducemo just cashed out a huge futures bet on the heat to win the East. Let's go. Couple things, Dougie. What? One, thank you so much for letting us know that. You did well on your bet because I'm sure you would come in here and let us know all the money you lost. Number two. Well, and thank you for no, sharing. No, 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 oh. no, 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 no. Number two. What? I just cashed out a huge futures bet. Here's here's five. Oh yeah, where's the twenty? Huh? Here's five. Huh? Inflation? Huh? 
<laughs> you're you're greedy. No, I'll you take so I'll take four ninety nine any day. Thank you, Dougie Slot. Dougie, I'm just kidding though. Uh, but seriously, how much did you put down, and how much did you win? If we, you want to, we are curious. Yeah, I ju- I'm just more curious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I would love to know how people think about those things. Like, hey, I'm gonna put some money down. My I would never put money down on Miami before the playoffs because I'd be like, they have no shot. But some people are like, yeah, I'll just bet 10 bucks here because you just never know. Dude, even in my adult life, trying to put some money in stocks, it's like <laughs> awful. I hate ugh, ups and downs. Dougie said I bought 50 or I bet $50 of one, 2000. Oh, my God. That's, Good job. That's amazing. Now, That's- D- Dougie, t- tell me your worst loss this year. <laughs> That's what I want to know. Uh, he's like, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's just uh what betting is just so hard it's you're right it's like stock like, I, it's just like okay like uh, i mean this with stocks you can kind of be like hey i i believe in this company i use this i'm gonna invest a little bit in it and hopefully they keep it going but like betting on a team hey i'm gonna put down this large portion of money that they're gonna win this game yeah you know how many people were like yeah the celtics are gonna win game seven tonight bet game seven yeah. oh i'm betting big they're gonna win no I, problem I just like, that's like, and then when you just lose it, it's like, you might as well just use it as toilet paper, you know? <laughs> Wipe your ass with it. I guess. Um, Something if you wanted to, because I had so much fun the last time that you did this. Yeah. Was the the King's chat GPT. <laughs> okay. GTP. Okay. GPT. Yes. Do you want to, you want a would you rather scenario again? Yeah. And it doesn't have to be, it could be. Okay, how about an NBA would you rather? Yeah. How about that? How about that? Yeah, okay, yeah. we're going to ask I him. like that. Give me a funny. Oh, got to be funny. An entertaining. <laughs> no, funny. No, uh, funny, entertaining, and challenging NBA what if scenario. Okay. <laughs> time for NBA. AI GPT. time, baby. <laughs> Oh my God. Sure. Here's a fun NBA what if scenario for you. What if Michael Jordan had pursued a career in basketball instead of returning to basketball after his first retirement in 90? Okay. I meant this. I, I think I wanted a would you rather, not a what if, right? Yeah. They That's can, a derp on me. Oh, I put what, oh, if, what if. Yeah. I meant would AI you rather. AI is too smart for that. They're like, Dang it. are you sure you meant a what if? <laughs> Um, my bad, my bad. Would you rather? Ian, really quick, I'm going to answer his. What if an NBA player tickled an opponent in the act of shooting? That would be a foul. That is not um, a basketball move, a basketball play. That would still be a foul. Okay, this is what this stupid AI comes up with. Hey, we don't talk shit about AI. They can't hear me. Yeah, they can. All right, here is their funny, entertaining, and challenging would you rather would you rather have the ability to teleport like nightcrawler from x-men but have your basketball skills reduced to that of an average person okay or would you rather have the basketball skills of michael jordan but whenever you dribble the ball it squeaks loudly like a rubber duck i would rather be the first one because then i could like teleport into so many different places never have to take drive again and I would be... A, I'll be average. If you could teleport on the basketball court, can you do that? Or do you have to have a wall? Um, Probably like 
by NBA rules, no, okay. you can't. But you could still be an average player. Even if I couldn't make it to the NBA, I'd rather teleport and be like, I'd go play on the blacktop all the time. But yep. then again, being Michael Jordan and, oh, the ball sounds like a rubber ducky. Like, who cares? A magic power. A magic power. Where are you, where are you teleporting? At, look, Hawaii? I'm, That's fair. That's yeah, fair. come That's on. Like, yeah. what are you talking about? Oh, I have to go to the grocery store. Meep. All right, I asked another one. What? Would you rather have the ability to instantly copy and master any basketball move you see, but you can only play in flip-flops? Or would you rather have the perfect shooting accuracy from anywhere on the court, but you must shoot with the non-dominant, your non-dominant hand? Yes. Well, yeah, if I had what? perfect shooting accuracy, well, I you would go with the non-dominant. If, if I was a lefty? Oh, punish me. I have to shoot left-handed perfectly? Uh, yeah, I'd be a great player. That's a dumb one. I could teleport and shoot left-handed? Yes. That was the, oh, be nice. We got to be nice. AI's always listening. We love AI. Dude, there's got to be a better one than that. Try it. It sounds like, yeah, and they're very like basketball. They're not like purely NBA ones. Would you ha rather have the uh, ability to predict the outcome of any NBA game accurately? but you can never attend or watch any games live or would you rather have season tickets for your favorite team and experience the excitement of every game, but you can never know the final result until after it's over. I mean, that's way too complicated. Well, Dougie I mean, would want yeah, the first you one. Want to be, if you could know, you'd make so much money. <laughs> yeah. I, I wouldn't work in the NBA and I would pick the first one. Yes. 100%. Let's ask a Kings one. Then, okay. The final one, because okay. this is just pissing me be, off. Hey, be, we love AI. Give me an entertaining and challenging King's What If scenario. Give me the money. Yep. This is the last one. Here we go. Love your guys' answers. Okay. I, I clicked What If again on accident, and I'm really pissed off because it brought up King's Lakers, <gasps> and it's just so annoying. Oh. It's so annoying what it just said. I, I just saw Robert Ori. What if the Kings had won the 2002 NBA Finals against the Lakers? That's what it just said. What if? I'm not. Give yeah, me don't. entertaining and challenging Kings would you rather scenario, you son of a... <laughs> Lexi crapping on some ESPN commentators. Interesting. <laughs> Uh, Doug just donated 20 bucks saying, you're right. That did call for more than five. You're so funny. You didn't need you to do that. Appreciate any donations. Make sure to hit the thumbs up and subscribe. You guys are too kind. All right. Got? Here's uh, the Kings Would You Rather. Last one on chat GPT. Kings GPT. Would you rather be the star player for the Kings, leading them to consistent playoff appearances, but never winning a championship, or be a role player for the Kings and witness them win multiple championships, but receive limited recognition for your contributions. Role player. I'd be a champion. Boom. Done. That easy? Yeah. I mean, obviously, I would want to play, like, in a bigger role and, and make it to the playoffs every year. But then, you know how much shit you get? Oh, my God. Morgan's the best player, but... Hmm, so, you, you would be fine if you were, let's say, Thomas Bryant. You're Thomas Bryant, and you win a championship with the Nuggets this year. Multiple, it's multiple championships, by Good the point. way. Good point. It, you, you know what? More than one. You're, yes, one for me. It's easy. 
you, you choose the championships because being a part of that, and it's be, going to be fun. History, you're part of dynasty? history and you know, no matter what, yeah. like, even if there's tough days ahead, there's going to be many more fun times because the team is doing well. And a lot of people, these guys that you don't see play what they do in practices and how they make some of the best players in the league, even better. It just sometimes isn't talked about enough, but yeah, that's who I would be. <laughs> Making everybody better and winning championships. Ugh, I love it. Thanks, AI. Let's see how good they are at this for the last one. It's give me a hard NBA trivia question <gasps> involving a player. Okay. I'm not going to know it. Okay. I'm so bad with anything trivia. Which player holds the record for most career points scored in NBA history? Well, so this does it tell this you? Is so funny. No, it's not. I. It's gonna be wrong because this is not updated through. Um, it's, it's only oh. updated through 2020, so and you, they think it's Kareem. So uh, LeBron, but that was not hard. Thank you, Chat GPT. Thank you, thank you so All much. All right, well, I, I feel like we we finished a little better. I'm B minus tonight for us. Wow. For us? I get put in this? Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, what, how do you feel? Do you what, uh, Give me your honest critique right now. You know what? Honestly, I just, I had fun with everyone that chose to join us live. Like okay. we never, I mean, we promoted it for like a day that, hey, we're going live after the game. Um, I always have fun talking hoops with you. I think it, because it ended up being a little bit more dud of a game, I think it kind of set the tone. Hmm. And we need to play more like champions and set our own tone and not allow a game to dictate what our mood is going to be. So um, just take that going forward into the finals. Interesting. You like that? My mood was great. Oh. I was excited. No, I wasn't Miami. saying that the mood was – I'm just saying, like, it set the mood, mm. the tone. Not saying that it was a bad mood, not saying it was a good mood. We're going to have Great another podcast later this week. We're going to start diving into the NBA draft. Our buddy Brian West over at the Kings Herald. He's going to be on a podcast that drops later this week. Uh, make sure to, if you haven't and you're listening on the audio portion, drop us a five-star review on Spotify or the Apple Podcast Store so more and more Kings and NBA fans around the world see what we're doing. Also on the YouTube feed, the people in the live chat, if you can, you know, check out our clips we post. We do shorter clips every once in a while. We'll do some breaking news stuff. We're dropping content each and every day. Just making sure you can comment, supporting it in any way, sharing it. It just helps the channel grow. So make sure you like, subscribe, all that. You guys are literally the best. We love you, but we gots to go. Thanks so much for hanging out on a Monday night. See ya. Deuce and mo, deuce and mo. Deuce and Mo, they tell you what they know. Deuce and Mo, Deuce and Mo, Deuce and Mo, the podcast that you know. Deuce and Mo. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.